Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Wednesday, September 13th. Well, Congress is back in session after its summer recess. They get another whole week after Labor Day while teachers have to jump back in the day after, right? But now that Congress is at it again, here come high-stakes battles right out of the gate, brought to you by your friends in the Republican Party's right-wing Freedom Caucus, a possible government shutdown at the end of this month, as much over culture war issues as the deep spending cuts thereafter. And they're now launching a formal impeachment investigation, you've probably heard this, against President Biden because he did uh, what again? Well, something with his son Hunter 10 years ago, maybe, that they don't exactly know what it is and don't have evidence of, but hope to find it if they look hard enough. Let's see what's happening with Annie Carney, congressional correspondent for The New York Times, who's been watching these kinds of things for a while now. She previously was a White House correspondent for The Times. She covered the White House and Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign for Politico and even spent a decade in New York City's tabloid world covering city hall and local politics for The New York Post and The Daily News. So, Annie, you know what it's like when the circus comes to town. And here it comes. Welcome back to WNYC. Thank you, Brian. Hi. Let's take these one at a time. Impeachment inquiry, then possible government shutdown when the fiscal year ends at the end of this month. On the impeachment investigation, the theory of the case, because I think a lot of our listeners don't even know that basic, that Joe Biden may have done what that could warrant removal from office hypothetically? Um, Well, first of all, um, it's not clear what. I mean, I think they they are hunting for evidence of financial wrongdoing or corruption um, that he sort of was entwined with Hunter Biden's business dealings when he was vice president. And they have been, you know, looking into this since January when they took control of the House. They have found no proof. But you know, the, the argument that Kevin McCarthy made yesterday in announcing that he's beginning an impeachment inquiry is that they ha- they think they have enough information that they want to uh, that merits more investigation. So, um, you know, this would allow them to issue subpoenas for bank records and um, kind of like give them more power to what they claim is find that proof in the coming months and bring an impeachment vote to the floor. Um, the Democrats in the White House like think that they can subpoena all they want. There's no there there. And um, that this is just completely a political motivated thing for McCarthy, who has 
has to appease the far right. You said like, we're going to take these things one by one, but they're really completely intertwined. <laughs> um, this wouldn't be happening. That wouldn't have happened yesterday if McCarthy wasn't scared of the threat from the far right to oust him. And this is sort of something he can give them to make it look like he's um, following through on the agenda that they want. Right. Hold that for a few minutes, the okay. politics okay. within the House yes. Republican caucus yes. and how McCarthy is always sort yeah. of teetering, teetering on the edge of being yeah. removed. You said that um, McCarthy says they have enough information about Biden to warrant more investigation, right. even if they don't have proof of corruption. What mm -hmm. do they have that they've gone public enough with for you to know? Um, they, you know, they say that he has lied about, um, what he knew of Hunter Biden's business dealings at the times at the time. Um, and that, um, there are serious, incredible questions about the money that Hunter and other Biden family members made, uh, overseas while Biden was sitting in the white house as vice president. Um, and also they think that there's um, some sort of special treatment going on in terms of the ongoing criminal tax investigation into Hunter Biden. Um, that So they're questioning his conduct and they think, so McCarthy's words yesterday was that these allegations paint, quote, a picture of culture and corruption. Um, he didn't like, do this, does this rise to like high crimes and misdemeanors? I don't know, but they're saying that it just smells bad, it looks bad, there's corruption here, and that um, they need to dig further into the Biden family finances to show if there's actually a crime. Right. So McCarthy yesterday, as you report, accused Biden of lying about knowledge of his son Hunter's business dealings. Mm -hmm. Does he refer to any specific business dealings or from what years or why would it be bad if Biden did know about what his son was doing in business. There's no crime in knowing what your son is doing. Right. At least I guess on it's his face. The, um, I'd have to go back and look. I don't have it in front of me, but um, it was like Biden was, I think what they've said that they've proved is Biden was actually on some calls that he claimed that he had not been on, that this is lying again. I mean, um, so that, 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 that this raises questions about what else he's lying about. What did he know about mm -hmm. What influence was he was Hunter using to pet to make money by getting his dad on the phone in instances where um, Biden claimed that he wasn't. Um, but the um, do you think, by the way, that Biden stumbled into, as he sometimes does, or purposely covered up at least that fact that he was on some phone calls with Hunter having to do with Hunter's business dealings, that doesn't make Biden corrupt, we should say. But do you, is there evidence that he was lying about just that much? Um, you know, I it's a good question. Like Biden sometimes makes comments that you fact check them and then they're not fully true. And the question is, did he is he just this foot and mouth syndrome that he's had his entire political career um, or is it actually trying to cover something up. Um, I don't have an answer to that on that yeah. particular question. But I mean, it is the kind of thing that like, did he slip up and exaggerate by accident? Does he forget that he was on the call? Was it intentional? These are questions that Republicans want to examine.
So if McCarthy is using the words corrupt and corruption, what would make something corrupt in this case, Biden with Hunter Biden, if it were proven? Um, that's a good question. I mean, um, that is a real hypothetical. I mean, if it turned out that that Biden like personally was, benefiting from it financially, yeah, I mean, I think, I think changing that, government policy to help yes. Hunter Biden. Yes, I think that you know a thing that has frustrated Republicans is that they think they have all of this dirt on Hunter Biden and that that should be enough to incriminate Joe Biden, but Hunter Biden isn't the president. Um, and so far, there's not a really a direct link that Joe Biden personally benefited or right or changed laws or used the government to um, to enrich his family. Um, and so far, the the White House is just completely saying that there's no evidence of wrongdoing, that there is no, you know, completely saying that they've been investigating for nine months and they have turned up no evidence of wrongdoing at all. Yeah, and the Republicans aren't presenting it, at least not right. yet. And, and I mean, just to show how weak of a case this is, McCarthy had originally said that he would hold a vote on the House floor to be on whether to begin an impeachment inquiry. He did not end up doing that. He came out yesterday and just announced that they would be doing it. And that is because he didn't have the votes um, and not enough Republicans are convinced that there is evidence to launch an impeachment inquiry. And they wouldn't have had the votes to move forward, which is why they scrapped the plan of having a vote on on this. I mean, that just shows you how weak the argument is at this stage. Right. So they've got a five-vote majority in the House of Representatives. You're saying they don't even have all the Republicans on board um, with, you know, maybe losing four of them and they'd still have a one-vote majority. They don't even have that many Republicans on board to vote to launch an impeachment inquiry. That's right. So even members of their own party aren't convinced that this uh, culture of corruption is actually an impeachable crime. And we recall that when Nancy Pelosi, as speaker, wanted to bring an impeachment inquiry against Trump without taking a full vote of the House, Kevin McCarthy said, no, you can't do that. Here's a clip from 2019. She cannot change the laws of this Congress. She cannot unilaterally decide we're in an impeachment inquiry. Oops. He just did well, what he said a speaker can't know, do. No, I feel like a lot in politics is like, well, that was then, and this is now, <laughs> and, and and that was a good argument then, and we'll just this is a different circumstance. Uh, the, he at the press conference, well, quote unquote press conference yesterday, where he announced this inquiry, he took no questions. He ignored that question of you know why did you say you would have a vote and then decided not to, um, but the whole thing. It was, uh, first of all, he had made the announcement in, at a podium in front of his office at 11 a.m. Uh, it was a hastily scheduled thing um, that happened because Matt Gates had said he was going to make a big floor speech at noon, um, kind of castigating McCarthy and setting up the reasons why eventually maybe they'd want to oust him from his post. So it looked very reactive. Um, just the timing, the way it was staged. Um, you know, if you really have, 
evidence of an impeachment inquiry. Maybe you'd want to do it in prime time. Maybe you'd want to, you know, make more of it. It was it was a hasty, like mm-hmm. frantic little statement that he made, um, which again makes it look like he, he's doing it without a vote. He's doing it out of political pressure on him at this at that moment, and it was what he needed to do yesterday to make it till today. And another clip of McCarthy from 2019 when Pelosi was speaker rebuking the impeachment inquiry into then-President Trump and what he said the real job of the House of Representatives is. Our job is to legislate, not to continue to investigate something in the back when you cannot find any reason to impeach this president. So as you say, that was then. I guess voters care about... Consistency, not very much, right? I mean, look at, but but before you go, look. I, I mean, before you answer, look at look at Mitch McConnell and how he stopped a Supreme Court nomination when Obama was in his last year in office, but pushed one through when Trump had even less time to go before his term ended. So just chalk up another one to nothing matters except my party's interest, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's basically what it is. This argument works for me now. Um, it doesn't make sense to me when the tables are turned. A different argument makes sense. Um, but you can go even, it doesn't even have to re- stretch that back to find McCarthy quotes that basically make what he's doing now make little sense. In, during the uh, midterms last year, he tried to tamp down talk about impeaching Biden, saying voters don't like political impeachments. Mm. It's very unpopular. Um you know, he didn't rule it out completely, but he tried to say, like, that's not really a road I would want to go down right now. He wanted to talk about the contract with America, about inflation. Like, impeachment was not was not a political loser. It was a political loser. And he he um, I mean, but it was clear then that the pressure on him from the right was going to remain and ratchet up. And uh, and here we are. And history uh, so far, at least proves that political analysis right. Didn't Bill Clinton's popularity go up during those impeachment proceedings? Didn't even Donald Trump's popularity go up during the Ukraine impeachment proceedings? They did. And I think that's part of why Nancy Pelosi wanted to hold off for so long on impeaching Trump. There was she had she was under kind of the same scenario that McCarthy was last year, where meant progressives on her left were wanted to impeach him because they hated him. You remember um, Rashida Tlaib said, impeach the mother, uh, using using the expletive mother effer. Mm -hmm. Um, Those kind of comments were not helpful at all to Democrats because it looks like you just want to impeach him as a political tactic. Uh, She really waited until there was like something very specific to impeach him on on this phone call it was uh she tried to make it a very narrow impeachment um not just a he's awful he's corrupt he's racist whatever um and still um you know it benefited him politically arguably it it um failed and he talked about a witch hunt for the rest of his political career manaza in westchester you're on wnyc hi manaza Hi, good morning. So I was listening in this morning and I was thinking this is, this reminds me of, I'm originally from Pakistan and the political uh, changes that have happened over the last 20 years in the U.S. are driving us towards that situation where you have 
people believing anything, not believing anything. There is a wide um, uh, fight between right and left. And the problem is that none of the politicians are listening to the street. They are trying to divide people on both sides, whether it's the Democrats or it's the Republicans, and hiding the true facts which other people are disgusted when they have no jobs, when their economic future doesn't look right, when they cannot send your, their kids to college because the colleges are like uh, they are highway robberies right now. There is no, no good education in areas which need the most. And people are they're pitting people against each other, trying to hide the fact that the ones on the top are skimming all the time. And so whenever somebody comes in with these impeachments or without any, any good reason and without any results from that as well, then people's uh, faith in the justice system, in the political system here also goes down. So now we are at that crossroads where both sides have to sit down and talk about the real issues and talk about why the people are being so uh, polarized. And it is the fault of the media, including New York Times and Fox News. It's not one or the other. It's the CNN and the Washington Post. All of them are in it together. They are all responsible for destroying the democratic nation that, and the welcoming nation that U.S. was. It's no longer. And the reason is not because people are bad. It's because our political system has destroyed the system over the last 20 years and it is because of small political gains that each party wants for themselves. The uh, Kevin McCarthy's and um, uh, the Nancy Pelosi's all are responsible equally. So they cannot shift the blame from one to the other and the latest Biden indictment is uh, the same thing. It's like witch hunting like they did with, with Trump. If you have proof then they should have some uh, results on that. But if you're not just going to badmouth each other publicly and then say, oh, we're not going to do anything about it, then it's a useless activity. Why even bother? Manaza, thank you very much for your call. We really appreciate where you're coming from. And please call us again. I think this was your first call to the show. Please, please call us again and, and make your voice heard again. And, you know, Annie, without necessarily agreeing with everything she said, like there's an equivalency in how much one party and the other is is doing that. We certainly could uh, could debate that. Um, I, I think Manasseh's call does highlight something that I think you're probably already talking about it uh, at the Times. We're certainly talking about it here, which is in the election cycle, once it really starts in earnest next year, um, the importance of keeping issues front and center, not, you know, the the personal attacks on people's fitness, but the issues that affects American uh, that affect Americans' quality of life, really on the ground, and and in a way we almost have to pull a lot of the voters back into the issues that that affect themselves more directly, and 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 out of these tribal passions that the caller is talking about as the main thing that motivates their votes. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, voters. I mean, I think also what she got out there, while I can't, you know, agree with her saying that media outlets like the New York Times are hurting democracy, I think it's the opposite. But her her general sense shows why these impeachments are so politically dangerous and why, you know, Democrat what Democrats did with um, the first Trump impeachment um, 
is now going to probably get, we're going to have to re relook at that. And, and this, um, this, and the entire politics of retribution that happens in the house, like they Democrats remove Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene from committees last Congress in this Congress, Kevin McCarthy removes Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and Elon Omar from committees. You, they're very different circumstances that led to those removals. And one could argue that some were, the, some were justified and some are just completely not. But for many voters watching, it looks like vengeance, retribution, ugly personal vendettas, and they come away with this feeling that everyone is corrupt and to blame. And I think that's probably not correct, but it's a, it's one of the um, pitfalls of, of using Congress like this. It's why it's unpopular. It's why Pelosi wanted to hold it off for so long. Um, people don't like it. We're going to hear about the border. Um, oh, the, the, do they have a strong wedge issue? in the border right now, which they probably want to spend more money on defending. But with right. Democrats divided uh, against themselves and against Biden in New York and other cities. Yeah, no, I mean, they want more border controls. But the bigger issue here is like, not a, nothing of what they want uh, has any realistic chance of passing when the Democrats control the Senate and, and the White House. Like, um, so these are not they have no path to becoming law or getting signed into law. Um, I think that um, McCarthy is trying to tie the impeachment issue to the government funding issue, arguing that if we have a government shutdown, you know, we will be hampered in pursuing our impeachment inquiry and hoping that carries some water with the right. So far, as we saw from Gates yesterday, like it uh, didn't appease them at all. And this is just after one day. <laughs> yeah, well, one day back. <laughs> the fall session of Congress. So yeah. um, watch this space. We and, can and, explain, I think ahead. we should expect uh, it to be like this every day for the next four weeks. Annie Carney covers Congress for the New York Times. Sounds like your life won't be boring uh, in the coming <laughs> weeks. Thank you very much, Annie. Thank you. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time. <music>